Many Trees, Lift Health for All is a podcast from the Center for Health Equity Transformation, gathering voices in research and communities around Chicago. Conversations and interviews will discuss the importance of achieving health equity, highlighting health disparities, and exploring innovative ways to improve health for all. Thank you for joining us on Skinny Trees, Lift Health for All. We, like many of our fellow Chicagoans, are staying home and practicing social distancing to flatten the curve. We are here to present a mini-series, COVID-19, in our Chicago communities. Each mini-episode will focus on a different community in Chicago to find out how they are coping with these difficult times. This episode features our colleague Maggie Nava interviewing Esther Shamarella, a trusted community leader and executive director of the Chicago Hispanic Health Coalition. Welcome, Maggie and Esther. Greetings. Thank you, Araceli. Hi, Maggie. How are you today? Uh, pretty good. Isolating myself. I believe we all are. And Esther, how have you been doing? I'm I'm okay. Um, fear is fear, you know, but... Um, we try to do the best, who is uh, maintain the quarantine, be at home and try not to be going out and be with people. I think in the isolation helps not to spread the virus, you know, so, but concern. Let's jump right in if you guys are okay with that. Sure. Um, so Esther, I have a few questions for you. Um, okay. How does the COVID-19 pandemic uniquely impact your community and bring the existing issues to the surface? Well, I think it's, it's a big impact because the, <clears throat> we have a lot of, in the Hispanic community, a lot of people who are older, but we know that now it's no age that everybody will get it. But um, it's, it's, it's hard because people Sometimes they are isolated. They don't have anyone to help them. And I think the whole issue is we're never thinking about preparedness for pandemic. And I think the problem that we encountered is that we never have a plan in case of certain things happen, you know. Uh, we having before preparedness for another type of emergency, but never it was a plan to know what to do. You just mentioned that um, there's older people that are alone and no one to care for them. Have you seen community health workers be more active or proactive in visiting these folks? Or I, I know that in Little Village, there is a young man who is going around by the groceries for elderly that live alone. Have you seen that in communities that you work with or something like that? Yeah, well, there are a lot of pantries in the church and there are a lot of voluntaries who are working, but it's not uh, what I would see coordination. I think everything who is doing is a voluntary thing, but not necessarily they are a plan what to do with the, with the community. So one number to call if they need emergency. I mean, it's hard, and I, I think if there are good people who are doing good things, but we have no way to know who needs and what, you know. I have the number of the patient that I see it, and I give my number in case they need something, 
but nobody called me, so I don't know. I mean, what is going on? Well, I'm I'm getting the sense that that the community is doing more, and you you keep mentioning the the word planned. It's not planned. So I'm getting the sense that maybe you feel that the aldermen should get more involved, or more political figures should do more. Is that what I'm, I'm hearing? Well, the the aldermen from the 25th war. The Byron Estizo sent in a, a list of resources, and I was talking to him to be sure that people know where to go if they need something. So they are kind. Uh, from that end, I know that. So he's trying to, but I think if from the health department, we need to, I mean, even for the state, uh, w- it's it's hard to pinpoint what what people will do. It was about testing, not testing. It's a very chaotic thing. We know that. The best we can do is maintain ourselves inside and be sure that people... You can order food if you need it, but you can go pantries in the community too. And people have been going. We, We have the pantries, but the problem is you don't want to have a lot of people in the same place and not maintain the the distance, you know. I think what when we this become okay, we need to be sure that we have more coordination in case emergency or no emergency, better organized communities, you know. Um, and I know that you work very closely to to the Latino community. Do you? feel or think that there's enough information that is targeted to the Latino community in terms of the language and, like you said, how to better prepare yourself for this or what to do? Well, people, and if you hear what what happened, the many Latinos who were undocumented and they need to, they're afraid to go to get testing and get service because they are afraid to be deported if they get the information. But they have been said nationally, I mean, by the president, they planning to say they will provide service to everybody. So, I mean, how they planning to implement it, I don't know, but there was assurance from the president there will be no any kind of retaliation with those people, so they need to feel good to go and get the service they needed. These are one of the, the major topics right now, immigration. So immigration has always been an issue for the Latino community. You bring up a good point that because of what's going on, you think that the president has kind of been more lenient and relaxed? Well, well he, said, he said that by no means, they will be after people who go to a service. They will be provided for everybody independent of the legal status. So we need to, to trust on that, you know. But it was very, because it was a question posed to the president, and, and he said, no, nobody will be <coughs> deported or because they go to get service, you know. They will be provided service for everybody independent of the legal status. This is, this is something is different for the, the current president. Previously, yes, he, 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 he sent the press conference. I hear that. Okay. I was, um, I was okay. listening to him, and they, they posed a question, and he very clear said, no, 
that everybody can get the service they need it. Me personally, this is great to to hear and have our listeners uh, be aware of this. What can, speaking of our listeners, what can our listeners do to help your community while we are under the stay-at-home order? Um, I think one of the issues is to see that the media, the Hispanic media, is reinforcing this kind of things. We want to see the media uh, to to be repetitive and inform people, you know, because in general, many people don't pay attention and they go out, you know. You know, there are people who need to work. And if they don't right. work, don't get money. And then, well, they, see, we are expecting for the government to guarantee that everybody will be expanding the, expanding the job uh, support so they can stay home and they don't need to go out. So, so this is yet another population that, uh, or part of a community that I feel has been hurt with, uh, with this COVID-19. Folks who have no choice but to leave their homes and work. What do you say or what can you say about this? Be protected and self, wash your hands, try to be maintain distance for the people they are seeing, you know, the minimal, but at least the, the precaution they need to to maintain in order not to be, I mean, it's worse if you go and play basketball because you need to have body contact than if you go to work and you can work with certain distance with people, you know. So that's, that's the different things. There's yet another, um community that I feel has been hit hard too, and that's the, the homeless community. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of folks are, are, you know, we are supposed to be, to stay at home, to avoid, to avoid getting COVID-19, but these folks don't have a home to go to. What can you say to the people about the homeless community or what advice? Well, they can go to places, the isolation things, is they see this is one of the issues that we know for a long time that we are neglecting the homeless people to have places to stay who are clean and they have all the uh, hygiene um, situation because this it was something to expect it will be something like that for the clinic so the issue is is the city the 311 can say where to go if they don't have home and so they don't stay in a car, they don't stay in the street. I think we need to probably talk more with the, with, with the um, I has been sending messages to the health department about, for instance, giving information to, to the different uh, consul, consulated, to because people trust the consulated um, and, and telling what to do but um, they need to be housing for them, you know, places where to go, and they can get um, hygiene and food. I mean, we need to see they are checking. Another thing that I, I push for is the temperature. People enter and going in and out and be uh, screening, even if we don't screen for the vaccine, because ideal will be everybody has been screening for the vaccine. They say there will be a new one. They will be right away next week with you can check 
and in hours or 45 minutes is checking temperature from building people enter and out be sure so you can isolate it and try to put you know hotel converting in places where people who need to be in quarantine can be there i think we need to have more announcement about these questions that you asked me so people can figure out what to get things they need they need to be from the state or the city kind of light uh, a list of, of of responding to this question you know the people can connected with one of the health department in the city on the state, they can respond what to do if they need certain things. Right. So more coordination. Right, right. Um, and I think that that's how you started uh, the conversation about more planning. Um, so yes. in, in a perfect world where Esther was in charge of it, how would you have liked it for it to be planned out or coordinated? I think they need to call 311, and so the city put pressure on the city or in the state, you know, going to the uh, webpage and ask questions about, and or uh, I mean, how we can put on Northwestern or having a place that people can be uh, responding questions. There was a program, I mean, in TV and CNN with Gupta and other people, and including FACI responding questions to people. So we need to have more close information here in Illinois. And uh, the other things I think after this, I hope soon will be better. Um, they will be okay. We need to be more paying attention to organize for any kind of pandemic or any kind of emergency has things in place, people have no organizers and be chaotic in the moment that we have a crisis, you know. We need to think that we live in crisis so we have information all the time that people can refer to. Okay. I think we're learning that lesson, you know, so. Yes, yes, I think we're, we're all learning a lot. Um, yeah. So what, one final question is, how do we ensure our communities move forward from this pandemic after the stay-at-home order? I think we need to use the media. We need to see how we can reach the media and be sure they reinforce these things. And maybe talking to the media, I mean, Univision or Telemundo, that have a number where they can maybe, uh, talking to them, they can have a number where people can call and ask questions. Maybe we need to take the initiative to to call them and say, please put somebody or working with a city or with a state that if people have questions where to call. Do you have any last words of advice that you would like to leave us with? I think my life advice is I, I hope we can come up with a solution, but I think if we cannot work in crisis mode or fantasize, I think we need to be better planners and be mm -hmm. sure that if you pop out, we have technology that we can use in order to be more efficient. So I think it's after this, we need to to continue to be sure they get organized, you know, that we, or it's block by block, it's community by community, is to have 
something in place, you know, so we'll be saving life and, and resources. So that's my comment. Thank you so much. Thank you so okay, much, bye. Esther, for joining us today. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to wash your hands for 20 seconds, cough, sneeze into your elbow, and don't touch your face. Thank you for listening to Skip Matries. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and authors, and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of the following entities. National Institutes of Health, the National Cancer Institute, Northwestern University, Northwestern Medicine, Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, the Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center, the Institute for Public Health and Medicine, University of Illinois at Chicago, and Northeastern Illinois University. Skinny Trees is proudly produced and edited in the Center for Health Equity Transformation, led by Dr. Melissa Simon at Northwestern University. Dr. Simon is a member of the United States Preventive Services Task Force, USPSTF. This podcast does not necessarily represent the views and policies of the USPSTF. Due to the social nature of this podcast, the content used might be copyrighted by another entity or person. This podcast claims no copyright to set content. <laughs>